0: We understand with the worldwide movement for racial justice right now, the last thing you may want on your feed is two white dads talking video games. Feel free to take a pass on this this week and instead donate to a charity working to right these wrongs. Your local bail fund, your local Black Lives Matter organization, or the Equal Justice Initiative, among others. Black Lives Matter.
1: Hello welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade slash video game podcast. I'm
0: Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade games we've tried, what we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games on other platforms to check out if you've got kids.
1: You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.fm. All right, I got to kill that, because I'm sure not only is it doubling in my ear from the stream and the computer somehow, it's probably also coming back through my stream, my no, no. Into the mic. <laughs> so I'll have to, like, mix that some,
0: some sort of weird way. So anyways, hi, Nick, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. I think uh, we've both been busy in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the work-life balance of, of life, or of work. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Yeah. That's I've, what I posted, I've... like, a... Uh, I think to my Instagram of like someone, a cartoon, someone, it may have been New York or or New York Times, I can't remember, but of like, are we working from home or are we home at work or, you know, what's, which dynamic are we in right now?
0: (laughs) Sometimes it definitely feels like living at work. Um, Yes. I think especially the next time I'm, I'm on call where, you know, I can get paged at any hour, I will probably be sleeping on the guest bed in this room where my computer is. And, uh, you know, that it'll just, Yeah. Yeah, just there'll all be no separation.
1: Together. Yeah. And what's your what's the status of your world as far as like opening up or keeping closed?
0: <laughs> yeah. So we our county was just approved for the state definition of phase two, which means a few additional personal services like hair salons can open and restaurants can go up to some small. Capacity like twenty five percent. I forget all the exact numbers, but you're still limited to um, gatherings of five people or fewer. And the state just recently announced a, a mandatory face coverings uh, when in public, which I think is related to the fact that a couple of other counties in the state are having you know significant outbreaks and are and are contributing to most of the numbers. Where it's while it's relatively suppressed in other parts of the state. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, we're, we're keep monitoring that there's, there's been a lot of news on the the school front, you know, they, they kind of announced what possible things might be happening in the fall. And I think this week we have to fill out a form saying, you know, whether we would do full remote, no matter what, or, you know, partial. And then I, I think they said it would only happen if the County reaches phase four. And that seems improbable with the way things are going right now. So yeah. I think we're, we're mostly just focused on virtual summer school options at this point and and we'll get through the summer and see what happens after that. How how are your kids yeah. doing with the end of the school year? Yeah. It's,
1: it's similar. Like our school year ended on uh where are we here? Whatever day last week, Friday, I think was officially. And then, you know, it's kind of wrapping up Monday, Tuesday here. And, and so there's obviously the mixture of like at their age anyways, a little bit of sadness over not getting it, that's done. They don't get to even say goodbye to their teacher and their friends and all that stuff. Um, but our province, yeah, is is opening up a bit. But still, with I'm I'm at least feeling really uh nervous about what's gonna happen here in the over the next couple of weeks, just because there are occasional outbreaks, again, sort of like you with counties, but it's provinces like the next province over. Alberta has a lot higher cases and uh and then people are obviously traveling back and forth between the two provinces and you know things happen, (laughs) diseases come back with them and stuff as, as they normally do. But, um, so yeah, we'll see things are like pool outdoor pools. I think maybe even library pickup and stuff has opened up and, uh, restaurants are starting to open up for like with distanced restaurants and stuff. And so, or seating, um, in the restaurant. And so it, it kind of feels like, do you want to be part of that first 2 week phase of seeing if this actually works or do you want to just wait and see what happens to everyone else who tries it out? And there isn't like there's suggested mask you're wearing but it's not by any means enforced or or required and so you it it just feels like that whole uh like if nobody's if not everybody's doing it there's no almost no point in the rest yeah. of it doing it cuz if like I see I I'll, often I'll see like a tweeted the other day like a husband and wife or or couple or whatever where the She's wearing the mask and he's not out of, I, I sort of project maybe pride and whatever, arrogance or something on that, but who knows? And so then it's like, well, if you're both walking around and then at home, presumably she takes off the mask, ooh, I don't know what the difference is really. How, are you, yeah. how would you know? <laughs> yeah, so, and I
0: think they're still getting data on the, the efficacy of everything. But you know, it sounds like if both the sick person and the non-sick person are wearing masks, and are distant, uh, the chances of transmission are very, very low at that point. So it seems like a good idea to just wear the mask. And yeah, we're, we're basically just staying home. Um, you know, I run into stores masked on occasion to pick up groceries or, um, we, we just got a new puppy. So sometimes dog food, um, I think picking up the dog is probably the riskiest quarantine activity we've had so far and that we had to go like (laughs) meet some people who we, Oh, literally, uh, not actually getting family. the dog the
1: first time. Yeah. Yeah. I was exactly. thinking you were talking about picking up the dog. Just,
0: you know. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think dog surfaces are too much of a concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just, just meeting the, 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 um, the people who had him, um, that was probably the, the riskiest thing we've done. But then, you know, I mean, we see like our neighbors are having house guests over and I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a it's a definitely a strange situation we're erring very much on the side of caution and kind of waiting to see how things go um and and hoping we we aren't forced into some some difficult decisions around like homeschool or or whatever
1: yeah that's uh, and we've our our province and i think our country even has said like in the fall we're going back to school but obviously if everything changes it it'll like if it, there's a huge outbreak they're not going to hold us to that i would hope and if they do we will hold our kids back i think at that point but yeah um I don't think any of the teachers are too interested. The interesting thing, interesting thing in our not to get too far down the political education whatever <laughs> rabbit hole here, but our teachers actually were going on strike just before the pandemic hit, so their strike notice almost came basically within days of the everybody stay home notice. So effectively, their strike was kind of cut out from underneath them, um, which is disappointing for them, and and I sympathize with them and that obviously, but you know, public health obviously takes priority, <laughs> but there's a theory going now, like, well, if we go back to school in the fall, then the teachers are just going to strike right away again because nothing got resolved. And we're still back to, even if the school technically would be on, we'll still have our kids at home (laughs) with us because teachers are striking. And, uh, so it's kind of a double whammy that way, but we'll see what happens. I'm yeah, we're, we're actually going to go camping in a bit. And, and it was supposed to be like socially distanced campsites, even where you're like, there's nobody beside you in either campsite, but that halfway through or sort of our time, it's supposed to open up to where they they can allow full campsites, which doesn't, I mean, I don't know where you are, how campsites are. Like here, it's definitely like there's lots of space between us. I'm not too worried that way, but it's more like going and sharing a, a washroom, obviously, or showers or whatever, those kinds of things that you get a little sketchy and wondering what you should be and shouldn't be doing. So we'll see how it all
0: goes. We can stop uh, worrying about the state of the world and, and think about our kids and video games
1: yeah a little more fun it is we haven't actually we started doing like the the good stuff podcast network kind of like hosts getting together chatting about how life is and it kind of just like fell off cuz i think we all kind of settled back into normal whatever the new normal is anyways and uh, and haven't touched base in a long time so um well we got a chat from youtube from somebody named member jose Membril says i love you nick so there you go uh moving on to kids corner <laughs> uh we you've got uh, some more virtual activities you're saying from science museums. I haven't, we haven't touched into this too much here, but you guys probably have bigger facilities down there.
0: We're, we're members of our, of our local science museum, um, which normally, you know, gets you like IMAX tickets and um, uh, discounted attendance and like free guest passes and that kind of thing. But they've been doing these, these virtual things. So we've done on Saturday evenings, a couple of times, there's been like a family science night. And so a couple of the museum staff get on a zoom call and there's like maybe a a dozen or so kids, maybe a few more, maybe it was more like 20 um, all. And, and often it was multiple kids per family all on the call. And there'll be like a couple quick activities, like a little crafting activity. And then there's some lesson about something or other. And then this week, my son has been, we signed up for what we had originally signed up for some in-person camps this summer back in like January or February that he would have gone to the actual museum and done like a, a day camp um, that obviously isn't happening but they're doing a virtual camp where there's like a two-hour zoom call and same kind of idea you know the there's some staff from the museum and they you know they talk about some things they they do some you know experiments and crafts and um do some of their presentations that they would have done in person um so it seems it seems pretty cool I mean it's um definitely something to keep Uh, our, our, our little dude occupied uh, with something else during the, during the summer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Seems pretty cool so far from what I've listened in on and, and it's, and it's relatively interactive and you're, you know, you're seeing other kids, obviously they're not in person, you're not playing with them, but I think there's some benefit there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The long-term effects of this are going to be fascinating from a sociological perspective, just in terms of the kind of experiences that kids are having these days that they never would have had to have until. Whatever, maybe in college or maybe high school or whatever, where they would have been doing a lot more you know computer facetime type stuff, so um but yeah the we've we've watched some like zoo webcam streams and things like that uh, as part of some of the the younger kids anyways, their classwork was that was kind of a sign, but by this point That's when it's good. nice we work, we're, we're kind of like, well, you've been watching and staring at the screen for enough, probably just because there's a really cool dolphin doing stuff, <laughs> maybe yeah. just go outside and find some bugs <laughs> or whatever grab,
0: grab grab some binoculars and go bird watching or something yeah
1: <laughs> we actually have a all oh, yeah that's, that's a whole other we have a robin's nest right underneath our deck that's uh the eggs just hatched actually and so we're getting to see all that and hopefully not terrifying oh, them cool. too much by as we pound on our deck you know making supper and <laughs> things yeah but uh the other one you you'd mentioned was the itch.io i think that's how you say it or it's itch.io i don't know what the but their bundle, video game bundle for racial justice and equality, which you bought, I bought as well. And they end up raising over $8 million uh, as part of this. And uh, it's a great, huge bundle of games. And then I think also some eBooks and just like, content. Basically. Yeah. There's
0: like kind of game resources, like related to, you know, making games and and running games, um, as well uh, as the games themselves. I think it was over a thousand items. I haven't really dug into it. I know there were a few things that I already owned on various other platforms, which, I mean, obviously didn't care about that, but yeah. I haven't really had a chance to look at some of the, um, the guides to, to look for sort of some, some targeted recommendations. I know there are some very, uh, like award-winning or critically acclaimed ones that I've never gotten around to playing that I now have that I would pick up, but I need to look for the ones that would probably be most compatible to playing with, with a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. with a six-year-old specifically.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, I know the ones that like sort of kind of grabbed me in terms of what I saw, um, are, and they're, they are probably the more premier titles, but they wouldn't be, I don't think, kid-friendly. is Overland, Night in the Woods, and Celeste. Celeste actually might be, although it has a bit of a storyline that probably is harder to follow, but Celeste is more like a 2D Mario, but like really hard, or much harder anyways than Mario would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a fun game to to sort of play through, and you just like, it's much more in the vein of uh, almost like Super Meat Boy, if you ever played that one, where it's just like, you're going to die yeah, a whole I, bunch of times in this level I trying to get through it and and that's okay that's part of the game experience and i kind of like I, re- I started playing it the first time i was like man this is really hard i don't know why i'm playing this this is so frustrating but then realizing that like yeah you just kind of like each level is just a uh, a big challenge to get through and and sort of working through that and figuring out the best way to jump and et cetera, through a levels. So. yeah that
0: g- game difficulty is an interesting thing and i mean probably a topic we could dig into even more in a in a future episode but you know i feel like certainly some of the platformers that we would have had access to when we were our kid's age would have been very difficult in part because you could only fit so much game on a little cartridge. So you had to make it challenging to get an appropriate amount of playtime out of it. And I think now there's kind of this sense um, that I've, I've certainly read in some of like on Twitter and, and game community stuff about, you know, wh- whether kind of, Is it important for games to be hard for hardness's sake or should there be different modes either for accessibility for for people who can't make certain quick moves with their controller or whatever? Or um, for having just like a bigger uh, kind of fan base to the game, Um, you know, the the, the quote unquote casual player, which uh, a lot of Apple arcade games at least and Switch games as well tend to appeal to that niche. But then I think there's kind of a crowd within the gaming community that's very much like, oh, I'm not going to touch those games. They're too easy. They're too simple, <laughs> right? And kind of yeah. that whole thing is is kind of an interesting, uh, ongoing conversation in in video games. And there are times where I want a hard game, but there are also times where I want to just like enjoy the story and not get stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a, I forget what the term is and maybe you know it. I know I heard it on a side quest, my buddy Dave's pod, video game podcast once. It's like, death core or something like that. Like to basically where it's just like, you're going to die a whole bunch in this game. And that's part of, that's the goal of the game is just to make it like insanely hard. And it's,
0: yeah, yeah I, I think that's, it's harder than hardcore. I think, um, is it dark <laughs> souls is considered that. And some of the other games in that, um, um, sub I guess you would call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the one that I had, I've heard a lot about before, but I, and I only
1: tried it one, like just played the first level of it. And this definitely would not be a uh, kid especially younger kid friendly is overland where you're it's kind of like a they build it as procedurally generated levels so it's not like the same game every time but you're basically like this post-apocalyptic world where you're trying to like survive and get away from the monsters pick up friends get gas for your car and kind of this uh polygon i think is the look style animation style or um Mm -hmm. And it's just basically each little world is kind of just a little snapshot of a a neighborhood or a street block, almost one section of a street, and you kind of have to make your way uh, across it. And so if you're a fan of post-apocalyptic stuff or that kind of like little mini puzzles as you move through the world, it's another good one to, to try. And then Night at the Woods, I have no idea what it's about other than I heard tons of people raving about it and it looks kind of fun and goofy. I... I suspect like a kid would see it and think that looks like fun, but I don't think it's a kid friendly game. (laughs) Yeah. I think,
0: isn't it like a, like a horror, like ax murderer kind of theme. Um, yeah, I think I remember reading that, but yeah, the animation (laughs) style looks very like a, like a kid's cartoon. Um, which is an interesting contrast. I think isn't overland also one of the Apple arcade launch games as well. Oh, was it in there? Maybe I, I, uh, I think so. I, the, the little dog, uh, looked familiar. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting seeing, you know, some of these things that, and oh, I've noticed is. some, yeah. some games that were on Apple Arcade at launch are also available on Switch. Although usually like the Switch price is like 20 bucks, uh, which is, which is an interesting sort of uh, price sensitivity tier thing. Yeah, it's,
1: that's the, <laughs> so going to the, uh, are we moving on to Switch Corner? Is that where we're?
0: Where oh we're yeah, I at. suppose, I suppose we could. So what, what, um what, new games if any have you picked up or or obviously minecraft on the switch is is still a thing
1: yeah which actually hasn't been played at all so that's that was a big waste (laughs) oh (laughs) oh no but uh i think we'll probably loan it to a friend's family at some point here and they can experience minecraft at least and not on the phone or whatever and i actually play it with controllers and stuff but um so in terms of supporting people getting into minecraft but actually and minecraft actually just came out with a new uh nether update that's quite popular amongst some of the folks in my family anyways who enjoy having more colors to build with so that's <laughs> my my daughter has created her own house out of nether stuff that uh, she couldn't do before that she's very excited about um but the though the, in terms of switch stuff the animal crossing line has been is going to be crossed here a friend of ours had oh, uh, no. been playing it and he he's uh, said he was going to sell it, but he said if you want to try it out, you could try it out for a couple months or whatever before. And then, because the frustrating thing and good thing, I guess, from a resale value is Nintendo like never put stuff on sale. Like it's there and then it's gone. Basically, is how they seem. Even like I'm, I'm guessing if you tried to buy a uh, what was the thing before the Switch, the uh, Dreamcast? No, not Dreamcast. The Wii U, like the big Wii U. Yeah, like even trying to find those like old hardware from Nintendo is it's expensive because they just they don't discount it and you know keep it in the stores like an xbox one s or whatever is around it discounted for 150 dollars right. and stuff and the switch has just always been at least in canada here always been basically 400 dollars. the odd time you they'll have a bundle with a few extra controllers maybe or something as a deal but you're always going to pay at least that much and same thing with the games like I'll, I'll watch and like um on the other in other genres like nhl or hockey or sports or whatever games you know, obviously they have seasons and then they, when the end of the season comes, then you can get them for half price or less, but yeah, Super Mario, uh, whatever it was called on the switch, the new one is just always the same price, at least unless I'm missing some magic sale that happens with Nintendo. But, um, so animal crossing, I know it will will be, it's up here. It's about 80 bucks Canadian. And, uh, so they're going to loan it to us. He's going to sell it if we don't like it and, or we can buy it from him for, I think 40 bucks or whatever he's going to sell it to us for. So it feels, I asked him like, is this a drug that I'm exposing my kids to? Yeah.
0: We're, we're about <laughs> to lose you to the Island. Yeah, exactly. And I said,
1: I, are you selling it because it's a drug that I'd then be subject my family to? And you're trying to like, get rid of this drug. And he said, no, he bought a truck and is building a shed. So now, but he did play it <laughs> two weeks straight. So, <laughs> We'll we'll see what, what happens uh, when when we play that and see what kind of effect it has on my kids. I have a feeling it's not going to be intense enough for the older two, like Fortnite. My, my oldest just picked up Star Wars Battlefront 2, which I know you'd probably dig um, getting to run around as various Star Wars car- I know it's not Star Trek, but similar
0: space. Well,
1: or are you an anti-Star Wars? Pro- I forget. If-
0: no, no, no. I, I, oh, okay. I enjoy them both. I certainly Star Trek first, but in terms of... um. Uh, available media, the, the set of good Star Trek video games is very small. Um, so, I've played some really terrible ones. Um, just to play some, them. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the better ones were like really ancient, like, you know, DOS and like Sinclair games that were made basically by fans in the sort of Star Trek, uh, dark ages, uh, in like the <laughs> late seventies, early eighties when there wasn't a lot of Star Trek or maybe just the movies. Um, and now we have a, a quite the glut of Star Trek. But um, yeah, I remember I think the, the the Chris Pine reboot Star Trek video game for Xbox is like, you know, has a terrible score on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever or, or Metacritic or whatever, because um, it's just like a t- really bad game, for example. But like Elite Force was an old uh, Quake 3 engine shooter oh, game yeah. loosely based on Voyager. That one was actually pretty good. It had a good story. And um, the old uh, Star Trek twenty fifth anniversary point and click adventure game uh, for for DOS, and then later there was like a CD ROM version with better audio. Um, uh, that was that was a that was a really fun uh, and challenging game um, with with little you know missions with the original crew. Yeah, um, I shouldn't have said the Star Trek word. Sorry, sorry if anybody's. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I, I could should have known it which for an entire semester <laughs> class on that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right but yes star wars um actually we we just watched i showed my son the trailer for the new was it star wars squadrons i think yeah uh which looks really cool not coming to any platforms that we currently have because i think it's pc xbox playstation 5 only yeah it looks apparently like that
1: came out just as or the trailer was announced just as we my son had picked up on a deal uh, star wars battlefront 2 and apparently someone was saying that uh yeah don't google that game
0: <laughs> oh. the one the the one that was in the chat
1: yeah uh no offense but uh, yeah it's not definitely not kid friendly um the uh but yeah apparently someone I saw someone tweet basically that the squadrons is kind of like the best part of star Wars battlefront taken out and broken into its own game, which is exciting i haven't we haven't gotten to that point where we're flying around, or my son hasn't anyways flying around in spaceships yet uh, in x wings or whatever yet but uh so that's encouraging, I guess, and good to we'll see. So yeah,
0: and it it looked like it had kind of a single player campaign that is reminiscent of the old X Wing and Tie Fighter games. And I had, I I saved up my allowance to buy a flight stick to play the old <laughs> X Wing game. So I had like a, a heavy, you know, a heavy duty multi button joystick uh, just for for that nice. game. And then later, I think um, Descent. Uh, if you played any of that yes. series, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it. It certainly looks very appealing, but at the same time, I also I think I have the the old X Wing game uh, for as like a DOS box game in Steam for like a dollar. So maybe I would just play that. Obviously, the graphics fidelity is a little different, but in terms of the gameplay, probably not that much different.
1: Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. See how that. We're still on the Switch, though. I guess we're we're easily distracted these days. This episode, yes. As we yeah, we we have too tonight. much too
0: much to talk about, too much <laughs> to catch up on. Um, I know what's on your um, Switch Switch diet. Yeah, so we picked up um, Just Dance a couple weeks ago because um, oh, nice. we were kind of thinking, like, what are some good, uh, more active games? And we always liked some of those old motion games for um, for the Wii. And way back, uh, my wife and I had had Rock Band, and we played that a lot together. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Um, some of the dances are really challenging. Um, it is it is definitely a game that would maybe cause us to buy more joy cons because we only have the two and every player needs one to, to do the hand, to pick up the hand movements. Um, like yeah. Each and player it's needs pretty, two or like, a no, each Joy-Con player needs seven. one, okay, but, gotcha. but if, if all three of us were going to play, we would need a, we would yeah. need an additional one. Um, at least I don't, we have a pro controller, but I don't think you can wave that around, uh, for <laughs> dancing purposes. Um, so I would say the music selection and I'm sure this is just because I'm very out of touch is a lot of stuff I don't <laughs> know like even you know the, the stuff I'm currently listening to like we just picked up like Lady Gaga's new album it's quite good but I don't think that's in there um there's a, there's a few things I know um the 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 Old Town Road remix one is pretty funny cuz you there's ba- you're basically doing a line dance um <laughs> but then it's Ubisoft. So outside of the Nintendo ecosystem, you have to have uh, an unli- just Dance Unlimited subscription. There's like a one month mm. free trial, and that unlocks way more songs and they like rotate over time. I don't know if we want another subscription in our life. We haven't decided if, uh, if we like the, the game well enough yet or we would get tired of the bass uh, song selection. Um, The one thing that's frustrating, and I think this is maybe more a Switch problem than this particular game, but, you know, Switch has user profiles, but then when you have the game up, you're under one Switch profile, but every dancer needs a profile. But those profiles are tied to the Switch profile, and you can't, like, play as yourself. You can't play as yourself under your Switch profile, right? Like, they're they're all under one. And also, the unlimited subscription can only be tied to one Switch profile. So, there's... The multi-user support on Switch uh, definitely gets in the way of some of these models, especially multiplayer games like this. Like it works great for single-player progress, but yeah, it's it's definitely a limitation. And um, you know, Apple has a lot of the same problems.
1: Yeah, it's it's very. I find that stuff very frustrating because, and not just because my kids get annoyed at it; they actually don't really care too much. I'm more annoyed as like the whatever the data. analytical nerd who's like right but your progress like my son plays with star you know star wars with my other son i'm like but your progress is being you're not tracking your coins that you're earning to buy unlock characters (laughs) and like and they're like dad shut up just let us play but um but yeah i've heard actually on the switch that um speaking of animal crossing how awful the setup actually is for nintendo because you each profile can obviously have their own character in the on the island but whoever sets up the profile first, I think is how I understand it, sort of is the the game master almost for the island that you all sort of share right. inhabit a bit. And so if if I set it up for myself as the parent, thinking I'll set this up, but I don't actually ever go play that much, and my kids do, I have to play somehow to trigger the next story events. I have to play enough, otherwise the other accounts don't get to you know move on in the game. And so it feels very backwards for how. A Nintendo that's supposed to be sort of family friendly focused kind of experience that they wouldn't have like some sort of level of I don't know multi user support like they do.
0: Yeah, I I don't understand what some of the technical limitations are. Obviously, some of it must have to do with the way they kind of because you even have to like completely reboot a game to switch profiles. So, like in some senses, it's good, right? Like the game can't see every profile at once, but. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a, from a design perspective, they picked some trade offs, and it seems like it's not super friendly, especially towards families where you have a bunch of users. If everyone no. has their own Switch and you're only playing online, then it seems um, like it would That's work better. Great. And I think I feel like Apple has kind of a same attitude about, you know, okay, you as a person have one iCloud account and multiple Apple devices, but the idea of like multiple users for a single device is just right out the window
1: yeah and it falls over to on the xbox too i know because they have multiple user accounts you can log in as multiple like yourself you'd play as yourself if like sharing shared minecraft experience but it's definitely tied to whoever initiated the game much like the switch does and i guess yeah. when you think about it like on a computer obviously if i'm playing Fortnite on my computer i can't my son can't also play Fortnite on his account on my computer so it's there is sort of an inherent like yeah just a limitation of what who Who is allowed to do what? And that's just the nature of the beast, I guess. And at least the one thing going for the Switch in that area is, um, I mean, the Switch is still crazy expensive, but there's a Switch light that you can pick up, I guess. <laughs> that would be a second device that just can't hook up to a TV um, that's a little cheaper. And so if you're really desperate to have your kids, it's cheaper than another iPad, I guess, is what I'm saying. In, yeah.
0: <laughs> in yeah. And right I, I know at least a few of the uh, Animal Crossing Uh, hooked people that I interact with regularly have picked up switch lights as a second switch in their home for that express purpose. Like they needed two people to be able to play (laughs) on the island at the same time Uh, or or have their separate islands or yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean uh, coming at it from an engineer perspective, I I always want to assume the benefit of the doubt and and that they were very difficult design decisions and there was some reason it had to be this way, but it it does get frustrating as as an end user to run into these limitations. Um
1: Yeah, especially as your kids, you're like, "Oh, great, you can like interact on your islands together and share things or whatever." And they're like, "No, you actually need your own switch to do that." And it feels in that moment, it feels very like price gougy like sorry you can't all f- travel together in your new minivan <laughs> you have to have your own minivan yeah. to buy yeah or whatever you know
0: well and if, and uh, that it's also not always obvious like when you start setting it up you're like okay i'll log in as myself i'll you know i'll connect my ubisoft account or or you know set up my island or whatever the case is and then you find out that you've wasted 15 minutes because you've now set it up the wrong way for what you actually wanted to use it how you actually yeah. wanted to use it yeah
1: And apparently this, again, I don't know yet, but apparently Nintendo didn't enable cloud save for Animal Crossing. So rather than your saves being tied to your account and saved, you know, backed up effectively into the Nintendo cloud, it's on the device. So people have lost like, you know, 600 hours or whatever of Animal Crossing time, even though there's other games that Nintendo does and, and the Switch is capable of, you know, saving. So it feels like a bit of a weird Thing, but that could be wrong, or maybe that's been fixed. I don't know. I may have read all articles. I was trying to like, just like you were saying, like Google in advance of like act, do a bit of research in advance of getting this game yeah. to figure out how best to set this up to avoid <laughs> fights over whatever someone doing the wrong thing with their fishing pole and animal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you'll you'll have to create family rules for the island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: speaking of Apple, they just had their WWDC uh, developer conference, which is. Typically not nothing too gamey or or consumer focused, but of note for this show anyways long running uh, complaint or yes <laughs> wait is that no new Apple TV hardware, so still holding out
0: hope for that um, so it it's, it's interesting too, because they've spent a a good part of the keynote, especially, but also the um, the platform state of the Union talking about all their new Apple silicon and how they're using the I think it's the A12X or A12Z from the current iPad Pro as the dev kit for the ARM Mac transition, and there's a lot of really interesting stuff there, um, and and even emphasizing, you know, that like the the GPU performance rivals some discrete GPUs, um, which is a strong claim. Uh, I I don't think there are any numbers on that yet. Um, and And they even referred to the Mac as as making it an amazing platform for games, but that's that's gonna have to be proven <laughs> by developers uh, later. I mean, it it's it it fits nicely with the Apple Arcade story. You know, now, you know, for developers, it's now even easier to make a game that runs on all four platforms at yeah. least in a year or two. Um, the other interesting thing was so Apple Arcade has supported. I think um, they announced it last year at WWDC, but that it supports um, Xbox and PlayStation controllers over Bluetooth. And they added they announced support for the Xbox Adaptive Controller, uh, which, if you've never seen it, is a is a very interesting device. But it it allows people with uh, different kinds of disabilities to basically remap in whatever way works for them the buttons um, and sticks on an Xbox controller. Uh, and so now Apple Arcade will support that remapping and and you can hook it up to, you know, devices like some of the, you know, if you have very little mobility, like quadriplegic or other situations, you can use like the, the bite sensors can be plugged into it and different devices can be plugged into it and mapped to buttons. So you can play games, um, even if you have uh, different kinds of disabilities. Um, and so now that'll be supported on, on Apple arcade, which is, which is a pretty, pretty cool, um, uh, Change and especially because Apple, I think, has always had this theme of accessibility with a lot of their stuff, especially in like with Siri features. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it was really cool that they did that. And, uh, and I I was just showing it on the stream too of of how that controller works. And I think even outside of like accessibility for sure as a primary focus for that, but even just like the there's, I have to imagine there's possibilities with the kind of controller that it gives for like, I don't know, it looks almost like a DJ mixing pad of some sort that you could use or some sort or like for. Even for kids, uh, with learning and using different types of game gaming mechanics and things like that, um, it would open up op- interesting up possibilities. Anyways, or, or hospital usage, or or for seniors or whatever too, as
0: well that are right,
1: you know, trying to play along with their grandkids or whatever. I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, you, th- you think you think
0: know, of the bit. yeah the. The people who a a standard controller works for hand wise, like kids' hands are too small. You maybe uh, you have like arthritis or something. Your your older hands can't grasp it the same way anymore. It it opens up a lot of um, a lot of possibilities there. That's true.
1: And we'll see what happens with the Apple Silicon thing, as we alluded to earlier. Obviously, once the if the entire lineup of Mac computers is basically running on the same processor as the Apple processor as the iPads and iPhones, then in theory, yeah, like you said, the developing for that platform is much easier as a to hit all the, the, the various platforms and hopefully the apple tv follows along with that which logically it would um and but whether the developers care or not to, to do it is the next part and uh right yeah we'll see
0: i guess yeah and we, we still don't really know how developers get into the apple arcade program right like you not yeah. just anyone can build for apple arcade yet
1: yeah What's Patty Pursuit? Um, is that a new game that you're
0: Yeah, so that okay. one came out a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I tried it. Uh this is one of their so Nickelodeon has had a few like licensed tie-in games for Apple Arcade. They must have had some deal. Um so this is a SpongeBob SquarePants uh platformer. I have never watched SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> My awareness is limited to basically the the memes that go around uh yeah. featuring, you know, clips from the show, but Um, so it's an auto run platformer, which, which makes it a little easier on, um, on touch devices. You, you're either running forward or backward and you can tap to jump. Um, and then as you go, you can kind of unlock, um, different, uh, allies in the form of the other characters from the show. And they have different powers that will help you get to different sections of the level. So getting like collecting everything in a given level requires running it multiple times with, with different combinations of characters, Um, there's, there's kind of just kind of like a, you know, the goofy art style of the show. It, it seems fine. I, I don't think I'm going to finish it. Um, like the, the couple levels I played, you know, it's, it's a pretty standard platformer. Um, some of the Mm -hmm. sections were a little annoying, probably it gets more interesting as you keep going, but it not having any attachment to the characters, um, does not make it appeal very strongly to me. Um, but if you like those characters or if you like, um, kind of a, a lot of you know careful jump timing type platformers, it could be pretty fun. And and each level is a is a pretty short play. So you you can drop in, play a level and and drop out.
1: Yeah, and it looks like I remember that there was a Simpsons game a year this years ago, but the, our Simpsons arcade game that came out. And it was kind of just fun to play because it was really colorful. The animation styling of the Simpsons, obviously. This kind of reminds me of that obviously in a Spongebob yeah. and a more modern take on it, but just kind of a fun world to be in visually and probably sonically as well, in terms of the sounds and, and things of the of the show. And uh, yeah, it's that's, that's one show that our we've managed to either I don't know if this is for good or bad, but avoid with our kids too, where they've kind of been intrigued by it and they hear about it and they kind of watch an episode and they were like let's go over here because i i just don't right it's a whole nother world of things and right now i've got them into clone wars that we're watching slowly so i'd much rather just focus on one <laughs> one show stack at a time i guess <laughs> and and we can always come back because even the simpsons 2 is on disney plus and that's like right. pulling them i can see the gravitational pull of like 20 seasons of episodes that they want to catch up on
0: yeah, so. there's there's a lot of Simpsons, uh, not all of it good. I haven't watched recently, but I certainly watched a lot of it in reruns back uh, when I was in high school. Um as far as other games, I've I've still been slowly working my way th- through Winding Worlds. Um and then uh, I saw there were new, or I think maybe you told me there were new grindstone levels. Um so I've I've played a couple of those so far. Um one of them was really challenging because basically every every turn a new one of the different kinds of minions that like has a shield or shoots fire or whatever shows up. So like your screen fills up very quickly. So you have to clear the level very quickly. That was, that was an interesting set of challenges. And I noticed uh, on the level select screen, it looks like the, what the golf guy is trapped in the the snow on the mountain. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a, a reference <laughs> or just chance. I still enjoy the game. It's, it's probably been my favorite arcade game so far and, um, I'm glad that they keep, uh, updating it, which, uh, actually brings me to some feedback from my friend, Andrew, um, who you know, kind of has noticed is wondering about that thing that we've discussed uh, several episodes ago about, you know, these games that feel like they're just one, one snippet, like when, when does more games show up? Um, so he noted that over the Alps just added a whole new storyline in their what they called version 2.0 just last week. But I had no idea about it. I, you know, I had uninstalled the game after I finished it and I'm obviously not, I guess I'm not following the developer on Twitter or no one else is talking about it. So I didn't even realize there was a whole new storyline to play. Um, I think we covered that one. Which episode was that?
1: Yeah. It is an interesting problem while you look that up. Um, or if you want to, but, um, episode 10. Yeah of how developers would let you know if assuming you're not like mo I have to believe most apple arcade players are um let's say kids or younger folks anyways with a lot more time to play games families buying it for them or whatever and they're not necessarily on social media they're not going to get the emails from the developer that might you know if you subscribe to a newsletter and then if you yeah if you're on a device with limited storage space which my kids are anyways because they have older devices they don't mm-hmm. keep the games so then it is an interesting problem probably to try and figure out how to let people know once you've had them list you know, using your game in that case. Um, how, because I don't think even if it gets uninstalled with um, whatever that feature is called on iOS, where it like saves space, because if you haven't used it in a while, it'll remove the data from your phone, but keep the save state. I don't think you get app updates, but maybe you do. I can't, I don't quote me on that, I guess, but. yeah,
0: I'm I'm um, not sure how that feature works. Yeah. I know. So like, we have a uh, tint installed on the family iPad and it definitely sends a notification every once in a while, a push notification that there's new levels, but you know, we, the, the app is still there. Right. Yeah. So in this case I uninstalled over the Alps. I had no idea. And I guess the idea is that I'm supposed to be going to the arcade tab in the app store, because I know they'll, they'll put, you know, games with new updates or games to go back to kind of on that splash screen. But I don't really ever browse the app store. I'm basically only ever going to the app store, like when I am linked to it from somebody else, right? Um, yeah. Although with Apple Arcade, I do occasionally drop in to see like, are there any new games this week? But yeah, it's it's an interesting problem, and especially for developers who are wanting to continue to invest in a game. Like if they if they don't know how many people they're going to be able to get to play the next iteration, why would they put effort into adding new levels or new content? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's, I can't remember on the Apple Arcade tab. I'm just looking at mine because now I'm unsubscribed. And so I don't have a, you know, you've, they don't have a continue where you left off thing like Netflix does, do they, for in that tab? Because that would obviously be an easy way for them to just be like, hey, you played this game. Here's the level two has just been released or whatever, you know, section, if nothing else, where just like Netflix would tell you, like season two of whatever show you watched is now out because we know you watched season one. So of course you'd want to watch season two kind of thing. And so, um, but they definitely are featuring the, like the SpongeBob game is right there front and center for me to, to start playing if I resubscribe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I have uh, a, mine has a continue playing section, right? but that appears to just be the last three Apple arcade games I've played, which is grindstone winding worlds and legend of the skyfish, all of which I still have installed. So yeah, it's maybe not quite, um, what you're, what you're kind of describing.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting problem for them. That's for sure. And, uh, I would assume that it's all under NDA, and so we'll never know (laughs) what developers are actually dealing
0: with. (laughs) Now, I do see there's an Upgraded with New Features section, which tells me that there's a new Assemble with Care object. So my son will definitely enjoy that. The Over the Alps is mentioned there.
1: I wonder if that's generic or if it's actually tied to your history, though because it might just be promotional stuff that developers can like vie for or maybe they just the app store.
0: Yeah, a couple of these are games I've never installed, so
1: Yeah. Might just be
0: a like here's all the new stuff
1: recently collection or whatever.
0: Yeah, so it's it's an interesting problem you know? How does how does like I don't really want push notifications from Apple Arcade necessarily telling me that there are new levels, but at the same time they do tell me when there are new games and that's been useful. So yeah. It, it, I think it's a fine line, and and yeah, in terms of what's actually going on with the business, um, uh, who knows, right? Um, well, that's enough. <laughs> the the Canadian uh, sign off. It, it's yeah. that kind of day. I'm it's sorry.
1: Fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening to this episode of 25 cents and uh, we'll be back again in a future episode in a couple of weeks, probably as we record and uh, with Apple Arcade news, Switch news and whatever else we manage to come across as we try to avoid playing video games 24 seven, but uh, inevitably find myself drawn back. To- Actually, the one thing I didn't say is I've snuck in some Fortnite games lately, just like half an hour every couple of nights uh, because my kids got back into it. There's a new season. And so it's all kind of exciting and, and fun again. And so it heavily influenced the water world. Aquaman is a unlockable thing and uh, I was doing good with it until I was reminded by my son as he's saving up V-bucks in the game cuz he got some for his birthday that for a new skin for some of the premier skins in the game it works out to about 30 25 to 30 dollars Canadian so 15 to 20 American for a skin in Fortnite <laughs>
0: And, and something and, about that just And those just go away after a season, right? Like they and they have no function in the game. They just make you look cool.
1: Yeah. Like you keep yeah. them on your character, on your account. Oh, okay. But but they don't, yeah, you can't maybe the the appeal or the the lure is that you can't buy them again later. And so then it's a very like status symbol. And so we were talking with my son about this and my wife is just like, you know, for thirty dollars you could buy a shirt in real life that you could just <laughs> wear. <laughs> and like it just kind of like you know just that clashing of two worlds it's just yeah i get buying stuff in game i fully i get that like i it it makes sense to me it's more like the holy crap that's 30 dollars kind of thing that doesn't make sense to me where it's more than a whole game so we've said there's the battle pass thing you have to buy for 15 bucks that allows you to unlock stuff but then also allows you to buy things that you wouldn't otherwise get to buy it's this right. whole like, like if they had a casino set up like this, you would, you would say that's addicting and it's wrong and we should not be doing that, subjecting people to this. But somehow, because it's colorful Fortnite, it's all good. So, anyways, that's my little rant. Um, but uh, occasionally on the good stuff stream here, twitch.tv slash GSFM, I'll die a lot at Fortnite if you want <laughs> to catch us,
0: catch me there. Nice. All right. Well,
1: thank you for listening to 25 cents, our video game Apple Arcade podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris.
0: And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D.
1: And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the good stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash good stuff. And we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. Cut out all the Star Trek. (laughs) 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 Or we make that a... I'll put together a bonus episode of just me talking about every Star Trek (laughs) game I've ever played.